Are you looking for freedom? Freedom from the daily grind and hustle? Or just finding a way to live the life you always wanted? Then join us on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Our host, Mike Ayala, will help you discover new ways to find freedom with tips, insights, and interviews. You'll learn the exact systems he's used to travel the world and live his best life. True success and happiness are all about freedom. And here's your roadmap on how to find freedom on your own terms. Welcome to the Investing for Freedom podcast. Here's your host, Mike Ayala. Thank you for joining me on the Investing for Freedom podcast. We've got a unique episode today that I'm super excited about, and I think you guys will enjoy this. I'm going to start bringing on, um, you know, probably once a quarter. We won't schedule this out, but probably once a quarter, I'm going to bring on, um, you know, I don't want to call it a young up-and-comer or a, a young hustler, but we're going to do some, uh, I'm, I'm half joking because I, um, I know Alex really well, but we're going we're gonna to do some, yeah, some up-and-comers, you know, some guys that are... Uh, learning, they're growing, they're being immersed. And, and, you know, we were just talking about this before the show, the difference between super successful people and everybody else is getting off the couch, just taking action. So many people spend so much time learning, reading, listening to podcasts, getting inspired, and they never do anything with it. But once a quarter, I'm going to bring on people that are actually out there making moves who are maybe not necessarily as far along as like the guest David Osborne in episode one, who's worth couple hundred million dollars, but people that every, everybody else will relate to. They're people that are just making moves. They're early in their journey. And I'm actually really excited to bring this guest on today because we grew up in the same town. Our, our paths crossed multiple times over the years. And, you know, the last probably five or six years, I'd say we've, we've built a relationship and it's been great. And so I've got Alex Cortez on with me today. Alex, I appreciate you being on the show. Mike, thank you so much for having me. Uh, I am extremely happy and excited to be here. Um, and to your point, you know, uh, this is my first podcast, which makes it very exciting. And, and you know, I know that there's a lot of uh, new investors out there that um, I hope um, that my story will, you know, add value or, or maybe get them to uh, make some changes in their lives if this is something that they want to chase. So. Yeah, no, I think it's going to be really exciting. And I think you guys are going to yeah. be super inspired by this. And the other thing I want to say, too, when we start these series, what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring Alex back on probably every 12 months and we're going to track his journey. And so when we bring on these, these young up and comers, and by the way, young doesn't necessarily mean age. They could be 18, they could be 40, they could be 60. Um, but when we track, we're going to, we're going to check back in and and see the progress. So, um, I'm I'm super excited about it. So Alex, let's dive into the questions. Um, who's had the greatest impact on your life? Sure. Yeah. So, uh, you know, when I thought about this question, Mike, um, I, I mean, I kind of break it down in different chapters of my life. And uh, so there's really, there's three people that I'd like to kind of say have had uh, impacts in certain chapters of my life. First and foremost, uh, my mom, you know, she's just been, you know, her, her story and and the support she's, she's been for me over the years has been just amazing. She, she came from humble beginnings in a small province in the Philippines, Mm. oldest of four sisters. Uh, Her, you know, she uh, went on to be a doctor. But to get that to that path, you know, the family had to make some sacrifices um, financially um, at the cost of even her, some of her sisters, so that she can get to the U.S. and and uh, become you know and and become that doctor. Um, and then from that, I watched you know just her giving nature. You know, she was able to when she got settled in the in the U.S., she was able to bring her sisters um, to the U.S. as well and. Um, and just anybody who's known her, she's always just been very nurturing and just a very great person. So 
Love mom. <laughs> That's cool, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've, I've met Alex's mom and spent quite a bit of time with her and I second that. She's just a gem, man. Um, and probably the, you know, of course I got to say that that's probably the second person that's, that's came into my life that's really had that impact. It would be my wife. Um, you know, we, she, we met about 10 years ago and, um, it's crazy, Mike, because she is the exact opposite of everything that I am. And, um, I have just grown to love her for, you know, we've, yeah, especially as we started doing this journey of getting into business, like, um, you know, I, I'd say I'm more on the gas. She's more on the, more on the break. Um, she's a little bit more analytical and, and more cautious. And, and because of that, I, I think it's really what, you know, she's been the perfect partner for me in, in terms of business and, and, and going that way. And then just on a personal level, like she's a huge traveler. Um, she loves to travel. And, and, uh, you know, since I got to know her, I, I also really began to share that same passion. So, and I, Lastly, as of recent, I would, and not to blow smoke up your butt, but <laughs> that, that next uh, person that's actually had impact in my life is actually you. Um, I still remember when, um, you know, I know that we came from the same town and, and I know of your, your, your beginnings, but it wasn't really until 2015, 2016, where I, I got to know you more on a professional level and a personal level. Um, and just you and Kara's story and, and where you guys came from, it, it's, it's always been inspiring to me. And be honest i can still remember that very very first phone call you know and uh i, I don't know if you remember this but you, you were like hey alex let's, let's buy an apartment and there i was i think i was in san francisco i was just w2 employed i had no no desire no thought of even you know like thinking about investing in real estate but and then i remember when i told you i was like i'm scared i i, I don't i wouldn't i don't know what to do here mike mm -hmm. and i and you you know, God bless you. You were, you were very nice and, and, uh, and, you know, like you were understanding and, and, but I got off that phone call and I just remember thinking to myself and internalizing, internalizing this. And I'm like, what, 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 you know, what was I scared, scared of? I hear I was talking to somebody that was basically my same age and in you that I've seen that's just been really successful and paved his own path. And I'm like, well, I mean, I, I don't know for whatever reason that's that's just kind of what what uh, sparked the fire in me. Um, but then you know just definitely like you when I met you, I was like God. Every time I talk to Mike, he, he's always so positive. Um, like he's always so helpful. And you know what what is it about him versus people that I'm normally associated with in, in the W two world that are typically talking about work or focused on work and, and maybe all the stresses of um, living page, paycheck to paycheck. I, I don't know what it was about you at the time, but I have a feeling it was something along those lines that drew me to you. So, and then just, you know, through the years, as you know, we've, we've actually, um, you know, you're actually now uh, a mentor slash consultant for us um, that we've brought on and that's helping us in the mobile home space. And so as I look at our trajectory over the next three to five years, um, I see you as, as really being that, you know, that, you know, that, that impact in my life and my wife's life that's going to help us get to that next level. So, you know, I, I, so number one, I appreciate that. And it's, um, you know, I get inspired working with you guys because you're always, um, you know, just asking the right questions and, and, and you go out and do, which is the main reason why I wanted to have you on the show. So I appreciate the kind words. Um, but I want to unpackage a couple of things that you said there, two, two thoughts that I really had. Number one, um, one of my mentors always says your network is your net worth. 
And that's such an important point because, you know, Alex and I, even though we connected, and I don't know if he remembers this, but um, I was a few years behind him in school, but some of our friends kind of, you know, his, his sister was a year above us. And so anyway, there was a couple of times that we had met. I don't know if you even remember that. I think we met one time in, in Salt Lake in your apartment. In Salt Lake. And, yeah. But the reason why I'm saying this, you never know how your path's going to cross with someone. And so, you know, on that note of being positive and all of that stuff, there's two things that I want to unpackage. My mentor always says, your network is your net worth. And when I think about this, the, re the way that we got reconnected, um, a mutual friend of ours, I was doing a bunch of work for a guy that was a contractor that you went to school with, um, Mitch yeah. Armuth, right? Mitch, yeah. Yep. So Alex was looking for some help with a property that they had. Alex and I hadn't talked for 20 years or whatever the timeline is, or longer. It'd been longer than that. Um, well, maybe not, but anyway, it'd been a long time. And so a mutual person connected us five, six years ago, however long it was. And then we connected back together. And, you know, that brings us to where we're at today. And who knows what life's going to bring us. I mean, we, you tell the story about yeah. originally, in, uh, you know, talking about investing in a, you just never know where life's going to take you. And so the two things that I really want to say to our listeners and acknowledge you back, you never know when somebody that you meet today is going to be a pivotal part of your life two years from now or five years from now or even 30 years from now. So the way that we treat every interaction and every relationship is extremely important. And the second thing that I want to unpackage, and you were acknowledging some you know, things in me about positivity and that kind of stuff, but I really believe, and I say this all the time, the Zig Ziglar quote, you can have everything you want in life if you just help enough other people get what they want. And when you're talking about the W2 people and that mindset, I think the real defining factor in success is when you get past the fact of your limiting beliefs and, and uh, you know, a fear of the, the lack of abundance, if you will. There's so much money and there's so much abundance in the world that really that Zig Ziglar quote, you can have everything you want in life if you just help enough other people get what they want. But so many people come from a scarcity mentality. And I think, you know, like there's nothing wrong with W2 employees. In fact, we're going to get into this because you're still a W2, but you're on your way, you're already a, a very successful investor. But I think the problem is whether it's a W-2 employee or, or a rich Scrooge or anything else, it's never really about the money. It's about a scarcity mindset or an abundance mindset. You could have a billion dollars and still have a scarcity mindset. I know that sounds crazy. And you could have zero money and your scarcity mindset is probably worse. Most people think they're holding on to their last penny and that's why they turn into Scrooge and that's why they think the way that they do. But once people get they acknowledge the fact that there's so much wealth and money and we don't have to push other people down in order to get it. I think that's the key that you're, um, you know, you were kind of hitting on and you were talking specifically about me, yeah. but if you talk to anybody that's abundant minded and is very giving, th th that's probably why they're successful. So we have this backwards. Most of us in our mind think that we need to hold on to everything in order to be prosperous. And it's the opposite. You got to keep that money flowing and giving, right? Agreed. You know, and there's another thing I'd like to, to point out to you, Micah. It's, um, you know, it's, it's weird because I, I've been W, I was, when we met, I was in Silicon Valley and, and all of my friends, we're all tech geekies and, and, um, you know, working, working for the software company. And, and, uh, you were the first person that, that kind of like came from like the entrepreneurial, the, the, the real estate world. And 
through you, I, I eventually met Tyler. Um, I eventually uh, got out to a few real estate uh, conventions, and, and uh, you said something about your network being your net worth. Or I, another thing that you've always kind of uh, emphasized is um, the five people you, you spend the most time with. Um, I, I forgot how that quote is, but, I mean, I, I just think there's so much truth in it. And, and you know, having – like for me, I had to go out and, and I'm still, by all intents and purposes, I, I, I don't have tons of, of uh, friends that are real estate and, and uh, successful entrepreneurs, but the ones that I do have, I'm just so glad that I was able to, you know, just recently get exposed to them and be around them and, and just, you know, it's, it's, just, it's a different mindset. It's a different, uh, uh, you know, communication when you're, when you're speaking to people like that and, and, you know, for what it's worth, I, I'm at that stage in my life where I can internalize that and, 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 and seek growth from being around people like that. So, Yeah, it's such a great point. If you could narrow it down to one thing that has had the greatest impact on your success, what would that be? Yeah, so uh, let me, let me uh, backtrack and say this. this is, I, I don't know if this is my greatest superpower or the, or the, the, the greatest contributor to, to uh my success, but it's something that I'm the most proud of. Mm. Um, it's definitely my, my willingness to take risk. Um, you know, stemming back from that original call back in 2015, 2016, you know, I had to go through that process of, of you know, of, of being willing to take that risk, mm. you know, and as I, you know, not, not just with real estate, but I think with anything that you do in life, uh, whether it's, you know, you're trying to get that promotion in, the, in, in your W2 job or you're looking to start out your own business, or in my case with real estate, um, at some point, um, I had to get comfortable being uncomfortable, you know? And I think that, I don't know, my kind of my, my opinion on risk now is it's kind of like a muscle. It's like something that you work out. Like, mm. you know, I, I remember that first real estate property that we got into, I mean, we were second guessing, uh, there was a lot of apprehension, you know, getting ready to shell out 60,000 on that first deal. Um, I mean, we almost talked ourselves out of that. Um, but I'm just so glad that we didn't mm -hmm. and come to find out, you know, one property, two properties, three properties, you just get better and better at, um, you know, kind of flexing that muscle. And, and, um, so that's, I, I would say that's probably the, the, the one superpower or, or thing that, that I, I, I'm most proud of that's um, cool. coming from where I came from. Yeah. That's awesome. So. What was your greatest setback and what'd you learn from it? Well, so I've, I've lived kind of a boring life, Mike. <laughs> I got, uh, you know, I, I have, um, there's, there's two setbacks that I can really, one of them isn't really like a, a setback. It's one of those things where if I could turn back the hands of time, would I have done it differently? So going back to mom, um, you know, both my parents uh, migrated from the Philippines and, you know, they came to the U.S. back in 1974. Uh, my mom took the W-2 path. She was a highly skilled professional as a pediatrician in the town that we grew up in. And then I had my dad, who my whole life, I have never known him to have a job. Um, he was um, more of an entrepreneur. Um, I just wasn't paying attention when I was younger. So I don't know if you remember, but they had that old Greyhound bus depot yep. uh, back in Elko, Nevada. Um, he had an opportunity to buy that. So I remember spending days, um, he would, we'd be at the bus depot and he would, you know, be running the cafeteria and, you know, the slot machines there and, and just running the, the whole operation. And, you know, from there he kind of, you know, it, it's weird cause they never, my family never really talked about it, but 
he expanded. He, he I think he, uh, when it was all said and done, he had three mobile home parks. He had two motels. We own that old, uh, our fifth store, that uh, convenience store along fifth street. Um, and you know, I, I don't know what, what it was. I, I think it was partly because my parents came from the Philippines and you know, that mindset of, you know, you go to America, you get your education, um, you know, it's the land of abundance and, and possibility. So I feel like, and, I, and I'm not blaming them. I, I'm sure that <laughs> I had every opportunity to, but I feel like I was kind of steered towards getting good grades, going to college, getting a job, um, and being happily retired, which on their behalf, I mean, in the Philippines, that's really not an option. I mean, they don't have a thing like retirement. Um, but definitely if I could turn back, time, mm-hmm. I would probably not wasted my time in college. I would have um, showed more interest in what my dad was doing. Um, and who knows where, you know, where I'd been, where I'd be today in, in terms of uh, my financial trajectory. trajectory. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, uh, there was one minor setback back in 2017. Um, so my W-2 background is really in telecom and unified communication software. Uh, in 2015, I had made the decision I got recruited by a security software uh, vendor out of Canada. And, you know, I got enticed by it, of course, higher salary, yada, yada, yada. But it was something that I had been programmed. I've never, I mean, for 20 years before that, I've I've been in telecom. I've been in uh, a different industry altogether. Uh, I I decided to take the jump and and went to this company. Um, They brought in, I think, five uh, managers from from, uh, the telecom space to try to bring this video platform out to the market. Long story short, the, the, uh, the platform and the software was not a, a viable solution and they ended up having to dismantle the team. Hmm. So there was a time there in 2017 where I was kind of down and out in terms of W2 job uh, for about four months. Um, I wasn't too worried because I knew telecom and, and uh, the industry I came from was very much high in demand and I could get back there. But there was really two things that in that during that time that, that I kind of, you know, realized, um, number one, I, I, there was a realization that I was handicapped. Like I've done telecommunications and unified communications. Um, that's been my, my expertise. That's been all that I've been doing for the last 20 years. And as soon as I tried to step out into something else, I couldn't do it. I was, Mm. I, I was basically useless. Um, for all intents and purposes. And, and that scared me, you know, knowing that, that um, I'm basically, as a W-2 employee, I'm confined to this this one industry. Uh, and I didn't like that. Mm-hmm. I didn't like that feeling. And then number two, uh, by then, I think we had, let's see here, we had two, we had did, got, started getting into in some investments. We closed our first home in, in Austin, and then we had a home in Memphis that we closed on. And then we started doing some promissory notes. So we started getting to started getting, you know, I had an idea of what passive income was and what that meant. And so for all intents and purposes, at that point, I was already drinking the Kool-Aid. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to get, uh, you know, as soon as I get this piece, piece sorted out, I'm definitely, I'm going to be focusing on, on building my passive income because I, I think this is where, you know, this is where I want to be because I don't want to be ever stuck in that position where, and again, it wasn't like the end of the world. I was only down in about four months, but, but, uh, you know, it, I, I just didn't like that helpless feeling. 
Yeah. That's such, such good advice, man. Hey, it's Mike here. Just interrupting the podcast for a second. If you are enjoying this podcast, which I'm sure you are because Alex and Alexia's story is just amazing. And as I said, you know, the big difference between the people who achieve success in the world and those who don't are the ones that get off the couch and start taking action. So that being said, I wanted to let you all know that I have room for four more one-on-one coaching clients that I'm going to take for 2021. Um, If you've been inspired by this story and you think it may be of interest to work with me one-on-one, and by the way, that could be around real estate, it can be about around mindset, or it could be around business. Um, As if you followed me, as you know, I mean, I've got a background in building teams and exiting successful businesses, as well as building a portfolio. And uh, really, I think all of that takes mindset. And so we can kind of combine all that together. And a lot of times, even in the real estate world, like I'm a firm believer that in, you know, if you're going to be a passive investor and buy a home and hire a property management company, you can do that. But if you're going to build out a real estate empire, you're probably building teams anyway. And so I feel that my expertise, just as Alex has shared throughout this episode so far, um, I can add value to some people. I'm only taking four spots the way it works. It will be uh, one-on-one coaching one time a week, and it's a one-year commitment. If that's of interest to you, text the word mentoring, M-E-N-T-O-R-I-N-G, mentoring to 480-531-7519. I know you mentioned that you had already done some investments and everything else, but did that experience really push you further into the investing arena and make you realize that you, you, know, you said you realized you were handicapped? Is that where you guys really took off or were you already on that trajectory? That's where we got really serious. That's where, you know, and then through conversations with my wife, you know, I was really pushing hard, let's let's do this. And and we we did get pretty aggressive after that. And again, this is all recent, like 2018. But um, I would say that the real catapult actually still stems from um, my knowing you and getting um, those, you know, my, my first experience with somebody that was in real estate that I could relate to. Um, but yeah, to your point, losing, losing my job for that temporary time. Um, I was like, no, I'm not, uh, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be stuck in this position. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's such an inspiring, you know, thought process because just even like we talk about this all the time, but investing for freedom, like the thing is, is you set each individual out there listening sets the goals that they want from their life. Nobody else is telling you, you know, what that looks like. It doesn't have to be a hundred million dollars. It doesn't have to be $2 billion. It could be, I want to make an extra $100,000 a year. It could be, I want to make $50,000 a year. Whatever that is for you as an individual is for you. Whatever freedom means to you is for you. But for me personally, investing for freedom for me is exactly what you're talking about. I want to go wherever I want, whenever I want. I don't want to be told what to do. I don't want to be at the mercy of someone else. Am I going to make mistakes? Yes. And you know that when you're talking about you and, and, and Alexia and the difference you know, I've, I've said this so many times, a mentor of mine actually always says, if, if two partners have the same strength, one of them's not needed. And that's the beauty of you and Alexia working together. And I really enjoy working with you guys because there's, there's balance there, right? In a good way. And a lot of times we, you know, you said it's gas and it's break, but a lot of times that balance is truly what we need out of life. Because then, you know, I mean, literally if there was no break, you could go off the train tracks. Right. And, um, but here at the end of the day, pulling this together, investing for freedom it's my decision. If I, if I mess up, it's because I made a mistake, not because I'm handicapped and, and I'm at the beck and call of someone else or some manager who, who, you know, their boss comes in and says, Hey, just cut 15% of the workforce. And you end up on that list because you just got hired two years ago. That's what scares the living shit out of me. Agreed. 
it's uh it's not it's it's i you know now that you just said that mike i mean that's really the the thought process behind my you know our willingness and and our you know our our motivation to take action Mm -hmm. to be honest yeah i love it it's been so fun watching what is the piece of advice you find yourself sharing the most so there's a couple (laughs) so um you know i definitely you know, I found myself talking to, to uh, people and saying, you know what, you got to take a risk. I mean, you know, being comfortable, oh, how's the saying go? Being comfortable, it, it is a comfortable place to be, but at the end of the day, nothing's ever going to grow there. Um, you know, I just throughout my experience, not just with real estate, with anything I've wanted to do, whether it's physical health, whether it's, um, you know, advancements in W2 jobs, anything, um, you got to be willing to step out of your comfort zone. You got to be willing to take that risk. Um, so that's probably the, um, you know, one of the, the pieces of advice that I find myself sharing. Um, another one that I uh, started kind of, um, uh, one of them that I've started to really take on probably in the last four or five years, and actually this is because of Tyler, <laughs> he had recommended to me a while back, I think in 2016, that, uh, what's the book? The Richest Man in Babylon. Mm-hmm. Um for any, for any of your listeners who haven't uh, read it, I might suggest you guys do read it. It's it's kind of written in an older time, but um, I don't know. For whatever reason, there was one saying that in that book, and then I'm going to slaughter it, but it's something about for every bag of gold that you, you get, keep one or two coins so as to fatten thy belly. And so what I kind of got out of that is, is you really, you know, I, you know, I if, as we were looking to get into real estate, we saw that we had to figure out ways to, to put money in, and pay ourselves first. And, you know, it started out small, but, but kind of where we're at now. Um, and I think it might be helpful if I had a little numbers, Mike, but yeah. in terms of where we're at in our passive income uh, today, we were just under $9,000 a month in, nice. in passive income. And I think what, when we looking back at where we started, you know, I, we weren't able to save that much, but whatever we, we got from um, real estate and from passive income, we did not touch. We let that accumulate. Um, and then through W income, I, we were, we're currently we're putting away anywhere between four to five thousand a month from our W two income to, to add to that. Um, and I think it's really through that whole mindset of paying yourself first. Um, it, it's allowed us not only to, to get into those properties, but you'll you know we saw that as you we were by building more and more properties that we were able to accelerate our ability to get that capital in place so that we can reinject it. Um, so. You know, definitely anybody that's looking to get into real estate um, or into investing in general, I, I think that you're going to have to figure out a way to pay yourself first. Mm-hmm. And I know that there's, I mean, there's lots, you see commercials on people that get into real estate, no money down, yada, yada, yada. But I would even say if that's something that you want to do and you've never done it, you're still going to have to invest in yourself to get educated to learn that because um, you're not going to be able to come out of the gates and go buy a property with no money down and no experience. Um, so I would definitely say that, um, you got to figure out a way to pay yourself first. Yeah, no, that's such good advice. And I'm, I'm with you on richest man in Babylon. I've literally read or listened to that book over a hundred times guaranteed. One of my favorite books in the world. Um, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting. My uncle actually gave it to Karen and I for our wedding and he put a $20 bill and a $2 bill in there because the book says a 10th of all you make is yours to keep. Right. And so in the front of the book from uncle Harold, who was actually my great uncle, um, he was one of the successful people in the family and guess what he was invested in real estate. Um, yeah. So, uh, long story short, 
in the front of the book, he put the $2 bill is yours to keep. The $20 bill is yours to spend. And I put that book on the shelf. I took the 20 and the two and I'm like, well, I get to spend the 20. And so I just left the $2 bill in the book. And I didn't read that book for probably a year or two after Karen and I were married. When I, we were going on vacation somewhere and I brought that book with me. When I picked that book up and started reading through it, I'm like, like, why didn't I read this sooner? Why didn't this find me sooner? But I love that wisdom on a 10th of all you make is yours to keep. And I also love, I want to unpackage that a little bit because you and Alexia are still both working, even though you're making $9,000 a month in passive income, right? Yep. <clears throat> At least for now. Yes, what, What's the, uh, what's, what's yeah. the goal? So the goal is that, and things are starting to, you know, get, get a little bit more ramped up on the real estate. Mm -hmm. Um, so the plan is hopefully uh, we're going to get uh, Alexia retired, uh, hopefully before the end of this year. Um, we see a legitimate need um, with the consultancy work that we're, we're actually doing with you. Uh, we have a, a, a pretty aggressive goal mm -hmm. um, in, in terms of getting um, our plan, as everything goes right, is to get in six new mobile homes um, over the next uh, 12 to 18 months. And then we also have a, a single family home that we're, we have a contract in, in, in Florida. Um, but you know, all those things really what that, what that goal is, is we're trying to get to $5,000 per month of added, uh, monthly cash flow um, within the next 18 months. And so we see Alexia that the plan is to get her retired. Um, and then, you know, we'll see how things go. I mean, one thing I will say is I, you know, there are, there are parts about my job that I truly enjoy. And, mm -hmm. and so for the most part, I'm having fun, but definitely when I'm not having fun anymore, I have that option to say, well, I, I don't need to work anymore. Yeah, so. yeah. We'll see how that goes. One of our mutual, um, the, a person that we both know, you know, one of my mentors, Barry Liparelli, he always says, when it's not fun anymore, I'm not doing it. And I'm just like, I mean, some of these little nuggets that he drops, like, you know, I mean, most people probably just wax right over that. But these little things, I mean, that's life 101. I mean, as long as you're having fun, why, why mess with it? But the day that it no longer becomes fun the cool thing is, is you're no longer handicapped. And when it's no longer fun, you can make moves. And I love that. So let's get into, um, so you said, you said something that I want to circle back on. Um, even, you know, the no money down stuff, getting into real estate investing, all that is true, but I'm constantly talking about, you know, a lot of people will ask me, Hey, I've got a thousand dollars to invest, or I've got $5,000 to invest. And the reality is if you're at that investment level, you could go out and you can find no money down deals, but I love what you said about finding a mentor. So many people um, look at that expense of hiring a coach or hiring a mentor or joining a program and they say, man, that's so much money. It's such a stretch. But the thing that I loved what you said, if you're going to get into anything and it doesn't have to be real estate investing, it could be Forex trading, Bitcoin, anything else, the amount of money and time that somebody else's experience can save you should bring you multiple 10 or 20 times, 100 times return on the mistakes that you're going to make. And that's one thing that you and I've talked about a lot. You know, we're, we're um, Alex and Alexia are coaching with me on a, on a weekly basis. And, you know, the, the things that I'm able to help you are things that I've learned the hard way over 20 years. And it should, I mean, address that a little bit, not necessarily you and I working together, but that coaching mindset, because you said something there and just kind of rolled over it but I think that will save people a ton of money. And like you even went back to college, like you've spent so much money on college. People are fine dropping a hundred grand on college, but they won't drop 20 grand on coaching and mentoring. It's interesting. Give me your thoughts on that. 
No. No, I appreciate you brought you bringing that up, Mike. It's um, so just to backtrack uh, for your listeners. Um, my my wife and I we had made the decision to to work with Mike on a more of a mentorship uh, consultancy uh, relationship. I think it's been about six months now, and I, you know, my wife and I even just last night we were talking about how if we did not do this, like imagine us trying to run and operate a mobile home park. Um, I'm not going to say we, we couldn't have do it, done it, but I would say that it would we would have had to learn a lot of shit the hard way. Um, and I can honestly say that, you know, through this, you know, my, my biggest learning with, with having a mentor into getting something or somewhere we want to be is you've literally cut the time. I mean, you've probably taken five years off of the learning curve, if not more, um, in getting into this. I mean, we're at a point now where, Again, I, I came from telecom and, and software. Um, I didn't know shit about mobile home parks or electricity, amperage, square footage, you know, what's needed to bring a mobile home, how to read a, uh, understand a performer. You know, we were, we were a, a blank slate for, for all intents and purposes. And, and just what I've learned in the last six months. And by the way, it's, it's the, I mean, we're, we're coming across our challenges, as you know, Mike. It's, there's, sure. I mean, we're seeing zigzags, but, but definitely. Um, even for the things that we that we see as little setbacks, I mean, we're learning so much, mm-hmm. and and I I just can't say enough about you know if, if there's something that you you want to do, um, you know I think it's really important that you're gonna you not only you find a mentor but make sure you find somebody. For us, you know, we have a great relationship with you, um, so we like you a lot. But I think even more important is is like you've already been down that path. You're successful. Mm-hmm. Um, you're where we want to be. Um, and so that's, I, I, for me, I, I think with, uh, when you're out there looking for a mentor, you, it's really important that you find somebody <laughs> that, you know, that's been down that path. Um, yeah. Unlike what you'll probably find in college, you, know, you, you probably find some professor that will talk to you about, I don't know, biology or whatever, but he ain't a doctor and, and probably, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that, so. yeah. And, and, you know, even the, the, the universities, the, the higher end universities are at such an advantage because a lot of those professors you know, they've, they've been investors, they've been, um, business owners and that kind of stuff at the higher end universities, but the majority of, um, the smaller universities and the community colleges and that kind of stuff, these are teachers that went to school to learn the same thing they're teaching you. Like they haven't done it. And so un- unpackaging a couple things that I just heard you say that I think is really brilliant. Um, number one, you need a mentor. Number two, you need to make sure that that mentor's already done whatever it is. I love the Warren Buffett quote. He said, wall street is the only place in the world where people show up in Bentleys to take advice from people that took the subway. <laughs> and I just, I, I think that's just, you know, so, so brilliantly said the way that he said it. But then the other thing that you started to touch on and I, and I grabbed it and I want to make sure that the listeners heard it. Um, you got to work with somebody that you like, you know, even circling back to um, what you said about fun. If you're working with a coach and you're not having fun and you guys don't mesh and you're, you're you know, your character doesn't align and, and, and it's not fun, then, then you need to move on from that too. So I really think there's three things. Um, number one, you need a mentor. Number two, you need to make sure that they know what the hell they're talking about. And number three, you need to make sure that it's fun and that you actually gel because I've had some coaches in the past that we just did not connect and that's not fun. You got to be able to connect with them. So when you're looking for a mentor, make sure you're doing as much interviewing of them as they are of you. So, uh, brilliant wisdom. So answer me this question. Did you want to say anything on any of that? 
Yeah, so real quick, I think, too, Mike, one thing that we love about you, too, is, is, is you don't bullshit us. Um, you're very straight. You're a straight shooter with us. And I can honestly say that because of that, um, and, and the way I, the way that we take it is, is you're interested. You, you have our self-interest in mind. But, I mean, we could have made some mistakes. Um, shoot, just two, two days ago, we were on a call, and, and we were considering – and by the way, that's not off the table, but like, you know, you, you quickly highlighted that, you know, paying, you know, 75000 for a mobile home when, you know, there might be ways that we can get it for $25,000 less. I mm -hmm. mean, if we didn't have some that, somebody telling us that, you know, I, I think there's a good chance that, you know, we would probably would have moved forward and, and who knows what else, we, yeah. <laughs> what other mistakes you would have made over the last four months. Right. But just want to throw that out there. <laughs> yeah. No, it's mutually beneficial. And that's the thing too, is usually, again, I, I think even back to a, a conversation we had early on in, in this podcast, so many people have such a, a scarcity mindset. They're looking at what a coach or a mentor is trying to take from them versus what they're trying to give. To me, if the transaction, if the transaction isn't mutual, then, then I don't want to do it either. And most people think that way, but I think people get in their mind and they're like, you know, oh, this person's going to, most people don't hire mentors for that reason because they don't see the value in it. And here's the sad thing. They're going to be stuck where they're at forever because the difference between you and them is you're a student, you're learning and you're taking action. So speaking of taking action, bring us up to speed. So let's go back five, six years. I mean, at some point in time, you tell me the timeline, you didn't own any real estate other than your personal residence, right? How long ago was that? That's, uh, that was in 2015, actually. Okay. 2015, where uh, wife and I were back in San Francisco, um, happily employed. I don't know if I wouldn't say happily, but we, you know, we had our California salary. Uh, at the same time, we were paying our California cost of living. We had a, a one-bedroom apartment. We were paying close to 3200 a month in rent. Um, and it wasn't until right around when I met you um, and then, through a chain of events, we ended up making the move to Austin in 2016. And, and um, a couple things happened then. Uh, number one, we were able to get into a home uh, versus shelling out 3,200 every month to, you know, to some apartment owner. Um, but number two, it, we found ourselves in a position where we were able to take, we were able to put away money um, so that we could invest. And that's, I think that that move in Austin back in 2016 was, was a, a big powerful for us. Um, it was during that year that we had first got actually our first investment was actually a promissory note, um, as you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so we got so once we did that and, and we saw like this little bit of uh, monthly income coming in, uh, then we got into you know for all intents and purposes we didn't start off doing a single family home. Our, our first investment was actually a mobile home park syndication uh, in Elko, which you also are familiar with. <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, we got into that, and then um, also in 2016, we were looking in um, Austin. Uh, we wanted to buy a single-family home that we could rent out or a duplex. And as everybody knows, Austin is one of those markets where, um, you know, the, the the cost of these homes are, are, are quite high, um, and it's really hard to find uh, a good rent-to-value or a, a good cash-flowing property. So we came across a group um, – you know, they're more of a kind of a halfway house. Um, they cater to uh, addicts and uh, alcoholics that are in recovery. Um, and kind of their model is, is they're looking for four bedrooms, two and a half, three bed bathroom homes um, that they can fill in anywhere between six to eight residents. Uh, from a business model standpoint, we, you know, we were able to get that higher rent. So 
you know, for example, our first one was a $200,000 uh, four-bedroom home, um, and we were able to, to uh, negotiate a rent of twenty-two fifty, dollars uh, which, you know, it, it's definitely out of the norm. Um, but so that, that was really what happened in 2016, got us started. And then, again, 2017, I, there was a little bit of a setback because uh, I lost my W-2 employment. And then, you know, if you're trying to get financing for Freddie Freddie Mac or Fannie Mae conventional loans, you have to have established employment. So there was a little bit of a downtime there uh, in 2017 where we weren't able to uh, do any investing. But then uh, 2018 rolled around, and that's where we kind of got pretty aggressive. Uh, we ended up buying uh, two more single-family homes uh, out of Memphis, and then um, another uh, halfway house in in Austin in, in 2018. And then 2019, we moved. Uh, we started looking at syndications. We invested in uh, multifamily syndication. Uh, I think it's a 101 unit ap- uh, apartment in Mississippi. And then also we're invested in a uh, a mobile home park in in Alabama. Nice. And then fast forward to 2020, which I think is actually given everything that's happened in COVID, I I'm, I feel actually really blessed that we were able to. I see this year as really the year where we kind of said we're going to go out and do everything we can on this while still keeping our job. So we closed on one more home in, in Mississippi earlier this year. Um, but my wife and I, we had Mabel decision to go ahead and bring on a mentor, um, take over uh, management of uh, a 76 space mobile home park in Oklahoma, Nevada. Uh, we wrapped it up into an LLC uh, where we have a commercial property and, and then also a, a, a condo in Vegas that's under that. And, now we're in process of, uh, as you know, we, we set up another holding company that we're looking to hopefully spin up six new mobile homes over the next 12 to 18 months. And mm-hmm. um, we'll see what 2021 brings, but that's, that's kind of where we're at. Yeah. And so you're in a, you're in a turnaround process on the mobile home park too, right? I mean, I don't remember the exact numbers, but you plan on bringing in like, I mean, between they're kind of across the street from each other, but between the two of them, you probably have room to bring in 15 or 18 homes or something, right? Yeah, we actually, so in one of the parks, is um, we're focused on one of the parks, so there's 13 vacant lots there. Um, that'll probably be our focal point for the next uh, two to three years, um, and then we'll have to reassess what's happening in the in the other uh, other park. But but yeah, there's, there's quite, there's quite an uh, upside potential there. What a story, man. So you guys are both still working your W-2 job. You have how many single-family homes? Seven. Seven single families. You have a 72 space mobile home park. You have, you're in two syndications. You're in a mobile home park syndication and a multifamily syndication all in five years. Three. Oh yeah. yeah. Two, two yeah, mobile I, home parks. Yeah. Two, uh, well, three, three syndications and then the, the two mobile home parks. And, and it's funny you bring this up, Mike. And I think it was you actually that, that kind of uh, encouraged us to, uh, this is about six months ago during COVID, we, we decided to go glamping and, and my wife and I uh, decided to sit down one night and just kind of look at, um, you know, try to dissect where we really were in terms of um, passive income and investment. Mm-hmm. And there's that saying, you know, you, you tend to underestimate what you can do in one year, but overestimate what you can do in five years. Mm-hmm. And it was weird. It was crazy. But like, it was during that time where we kind of like, you know, when you're in the moment, you're like, yeah, one house isn't doesn't feel like much two houses doesn't feel like much but then when you're able to we were at that point we were able to kind of look back at what we did in the last four years and like that wasn't so bad i mean yeah yeah (laughs) well and i have to tip my hat to you because again 
um, you know, we live in our own brains every day and we don't know how amazing we are. But as we were prepping for this, I, I, I mentioned to you that the difference between you and 90% of people is you didn't just learn, you guys are out doing it. And so I, that's one of the main reasons why I wanted to bring you on because in five years, you know, you guys got moving and, and as you know, we've spent the last hour almost talking about, um, you guys have made huge moves in five years. And so, you know, when somebody sets their intention, whether it's real estate or any other type of investing and they start moving, like you just said, one didn't feel like that many, two didn't feel like that many, but now you own seven homes and you're invested in multiple syndications and you own your own mobile home park and, um, you know, you're growing and expanding and, um, and you're still employed. Like you're doing all this while you're keeping your job. And I think it's just such a, it's such a powerful story. And so I appreciate you coming on and, and sharing it with us. Um, I think it'll inspire a lot of people. You know, again, sometimes we bring on the David Osborne's of the world and people are like, well, that's great. He's worth 200 million. How the hell do I get there? I mean, I can't even barely see myself being worth a hundred million, let alone two. That's a, you know, that that's like landing on Mars. But when we bring on normal everyday people like you and me and share the story that we've done in the last five years, seven years, 10 years, that brings hope to people. Love it. You know, and I, just one more thing for your listeners. I think this is just one thing that I've, I've kind of um, internalized for myself and it's, it's helped me. Um, but, you know, as, as for anybody that's out there looking to do something and, and set goals, um, I would probably say whatever your goal is, set it a little bit higher. Hmm. Um, and what I mean by that, it's, it's, you know, when we first got, kind of got into, it, we set a, uh, you know, conservative goal. Let's go, let's go out and close two homes. Um, but it was, you know, there was, there's been moments, especially in the last two years where we set, like, for example, we, we set a, a pretty, in our opinion, an aggressive goal of, of increasing our monthly cash flow by 5,000 and bringing in six homes. And, and it's, I think that by when you, when you do this, when you set that higher mark for yourself, it's at that point where your head starts to really work and, and you start to get resourceful and, and look for ways to make that happen. And I wouldn't say, you know, if you're starting from a thousand dollars a month in cash flow and you're just going out to set a, a million dollars in, in next year, I mean, not that high, yeah. but I would say set, set a goal that's high that if everything works and the stars aligned, you can hit it. Cause I think by doing that, that's really where the magic happens. Um, you know, and there's, and there's a, you know, who knows, we may not hit our target in the next 12 to 18 months, but everything that we're doing, um, our actions, our mindset, um, I think that's, it's being stirred by setting that goal. And, and, you know, and actually to that point when, you know, your goals are your goals. I mean, if you're going out to get into investing or, or whatever that the case may be, whether it's health or whatnot, um, only you can set that, that urgency. So, you know, you know, for anybody that's out there trying to get into it, you know, uh, it's a, you're the one that's going to have to create that urgency. Um, and I think you're, it's going to be you that has to really, you know, if you want something, just set it just a little bit higher. I like it. So I like it. Well, I, I, I just really have appreciated getting to know you and Alexia over the last few years and, and just love, you know, watching what has happened. It's inspiring to me. And so I figured it'd be inspiring to our community and stay tuned guys because we're going to bring alex and maybe we could even get alexia to join us uh 12 months from now and and you know just bring on an update we'll as to where happen. they're at yeah so good times anything else we'll make that happen any final words no you know i guess in closing uh, again mike i just want to say how 
you know, it's, it's been a privilege of knowing you and Kara over the last four years, um, just watching your trajectory. Uh, again, just coming from the same town that we came from and, and just knowing your background. Um, it's, it's really been a blessing knowing you. And, and uh, you know, I just look forward to uh, what that next decade holds. And, and uh, that's it. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. I feel the same, brother. Thanks for being on the show. All right. Take care. Man, wasn't that just an inspiring story? Um, just, you know, hearing everything that Alex has accomplished in the last five years, just amazing. And watching this guy and Alexia um, just do what they've done and just embrace this. And they're just such amazing students. I uh, just wanted to take a second. Um, it is currently December. It's almost Christmas as I'm recording this. And I uh, wanted to just start out there and let you guys know that for 2021, I have room for four. I'm only going to take four one-on-one coaching clients. And just as in the case with Alex and Alexia, if your wife wants to be on the call or if your husband wants to be on the call or whatever, I'm totally good with that. Um, We are going to be taking four clients, as I said. Um, If you're interested, text the word mentoring, M-E-N-T-O-R-I-N-G, to the phone number 480-531-7519. Uh, I'll send you an email. We'll schedule a call, see if it's a fit. So the way the coaching works, um, you get one hour call with me per week. Um, it's a one-year commitment. And I think, you know, just as you've seen with Alex and Alexia, we'll probably both learn a lot and have a great time doing it. So if you feel like that's a fit for you, um, text the word mentoring, M-E-N-T-O-R-I-N-G to 480-531-7519. Look forward to connecting. If you've found value in this episode and you know someone who's wanting to start or move further along in their journey toward investing for freedom, I would be forever grateful if you would share this show with them and help me get this message out to more listeners. Also, if you enjoy what you've heard, I would appreciate it if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. And until the next episode, cheers to moving further along in your journey of investing for freedom.